0: Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word.
1: Our sins look worse when somebody else is doing them. When I do my sins, they don't look that bad. I give myself a break. That's not that bad. You know, I used to be worse, you know. But when you do my sins, oh man, I can't believe you did that. What's wrong with you? You know, I'm like, that's how we do one another. We real gracious on ourselves, real merciful for ourselves and then harsh on other people. So we don't wanna be that way, right? We gotta be people that remember God's mercy on our lives. We remember his grace upon us.
0: Have you ever fallen into a habit that you were ashamed of? Maybe you never intended for it to become a consistent part of your life, but slowly over time, it crept in and became normalized. Today, Pastor Bill wants you to know that you need to stop ignoring the parts of your life that weigh you down and give it to Jesus. Instead of being quick to judge others and things that they're not proud of, deal with the sin in your life. There's no time to wait. Cut the sin out of your life through him. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Romans chapter two for today's edition of A Transforming Word.
1: Father in heaven, we thank you for this day. And God, we thank you for your word. And as we today begin a study of Romans chapter two, God, I pray you would open your word up to us and you would speak to us through it, Lord. I pray, God, it would help us to have a right relationship with you, God, an accurate understanding of who you are and how it is that we're to relate to you. And even God, in this chapter, how we're to deal with one another. And so, Father, I ask your blessing on just the teaching of your word. Give us ears to hear what you're saying to each one of us. And we ask these things in Jesus name. Everybody said amen. Amen. All right. So Romans, again, if if I just could get your mindset in Romans chapter one, it was a spiral downward of unrighteousness. And so it was first people that, you know, they knew God, but they didn't glorify him as God. Then they worshiped the creation rather than the creator. And then we saw the spiral going down as God gave them over to various lust and sinful passions to do whatever they wanted to do. And I think went all the way down to sexual sin. And at the end of chapter one, there's this long list of just unrighteous behavior. And God is saying, that's the spiral down for those that won't acknowledge me as God, those that won't submit to me as Lord, those that won't let me be Lord of their life. It'll run down in that way. So in chapter two, it's a little different. We look today at the sin of those that see themselves as right. In and of themselves and this could be I'm gonna do my best we're gonna cover the first 11 verses and this really hits those that find that they feel like in and of themselves I'm I'm right and as a matter of fact I'm right enough to judge everybody else that's who Paul is aiming at in chapter 2 the self-righteous the person that thinks I think I'm good I think I keep all the rules I think I'm better than you um, and so nobody likes to a judgmental person. Um, but then we also got to look at, you know, when do we judge? When don't we judge? I think one of the most favorite verses of non-believers is judge not every nonbeliever. If they know, no, no, no verse by heart. They know that verse. Don't the Bible say judge not. So we're going to talk about that. You know, what does that mean? When is it appropriate for a believer to judge? Because we do have to judge some things. It would be impossible to carry out God's call and not make judgments. If God tells you not to be unequally yoked together with an unbeliever, God tells you don't marry a non-believer. You got to make a judgment, rather the person that's pursuing you, rather you believe they're a believer or not. That's a judgment. You're judging. You're saying, I don't think so. If you're a young lady and some guy come at you at church and they say, Hey, what's up, girl? You know, and they got a Bible and they want to talk to you and you look at their life and look at their talk and say, I, I don't know if you, I don't know. You know, I mean, you got to make a judgment. You know, rather than not this guy I love the Lord. God, just be at church. So we do make judgments. Hopefully, as we go through this chapter, we'll learn how we're supposed to do it and how we're not supposed to do it. So look at verse 1 and 2. Well, look at verse 1. It says, therefore, you are inexcusable, O man, whoever you are who judge. For in whatever you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge practice the same things. If you're writing notes, the Greek word for judge, it's, uh, the Greek word is krino. And the word judge here is to judge unto condemnation. So it's not a discernment judge. It's saying, I'm I'm sending someone to hell. I condemn you to hell. We don't have that power. So when it says here, um, you who judge, that's the word. It's you who condemn someone else to final judgment. And the problem with the Pharisees is they would condemn someone else for things that they were themselves doing. Uh, What do we call that? Hypocrisy. If you want to see Jesus upset in your scriptures you don't want to look at his encounter with sinners you want to look at his encounter with religious folk uh if you look at when jesus encountered sinners prostitutes lady caught in the act of adultery tax collectors there was lots of grace and mercy in reaching out to them there was compassion and mercy for non-believers whatever their sin was however hated their sin might have been in that culture there was mercy from the lord to the sinner but when you see the Lord seem like he really seems upset when you, if you just take notes right now, Matthew 23 on your own time. Read through that. It's mostly red letters. And it's some of the hottest words in the Bible where Jesus is just going in on the Pharisees. Those that pretend those that, that they look good on the outside, but inside it's all messed up. And so what he's doing here in Romans as he's ministering to this group, says, we've already talked about the unrighteous and we know that God has made a way for them. But he says, but the spirits those that are self-righteous. Um, those that are put themselves in a place of judging other people, we have to be careful, especially if it's judging under condemnation. So we'll again, we'll come to what kind of judgment we can do, but it's a judgment that is unto condemnation um, that God is saying we're not able to do. Um, if I witness a crime, if I see somebody break a law, I can call the police and I can identify that they committed a crime. I can call the police but I'm not the one that's able to judge them. They got to go to court and be sentenced. That's when they get judged. If somebody break the law in front of me, I can't give a ticket. Um, I wish I could sometimes. But, I, you know, there go my hypocrisy. Right. I'm a bad driver. Anybody that's ever written with me. Uh, I'm a good driver and a bad driver at the same time. Uh, but anyway, I'm not textbook. I don't keep all the rules. So now when I see somebody else do what I do. Right. When they do to me what I do to them when I'm in a rush. You know, it's like if I was if I had the authority they might have a ticket they might have you going to court for that. You know, that's crazy. I I know I watch somebody driving with their phone on with their phone up. And I'm like, that's what the thing. That's why you're going on slow because you're talking on the phone. But then when my wife calls and I don't got my Bluetooth, not gonna lie, I've, I've done it. I've been in the car like this when I'm not supposed to. So that's in all of us some degree of hypocrisy. We got to be careful when we when it becomes something that we're expressing in a spiritual way. I can identify something in someone else, but I'm not a judge. I don't level out final judgment on anybody. So that's the kind of judgment we don't do Um, now in fairness, because there are people, again, usually people in sin. That's they love. Don't judge me. You got to when you point finger at me, you got three pointing back at you, which is usually true. But do we have a is there a time when we would speak to a brother and say, hey, bro, that's wrong. Is that OK to do? Is that judging? What you guys think is that OK? It's all right. So if I see you doing something, I can say something. I'm going to say something. No, but we can do that for each other. We're supposed to. That's actually love. Right. If someone sees something in me, that's not right. And I'm a Christian and you're a Christian and you see it in me. It's it's right to come and say, hey, Bill, can I let me pull you let me talk to you, bro? That thing right there, you know, I know you love the Lord, but that that is unfitting. That's not cool. Okay, now I got to receive that. I can't I can't pull the judge. I can't say you judging me. You know, I can't get all out of sorts. If 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 the intention is helpful and it's I got a verse for it, and I'm giving it to you. We're supposed to receive that from one another. So that's where we don't go there. So within the body, guys, especially if you say you're Christian and somebody in the body comes and says, hey, can I I'm going to confront you on something. You got to kind of just sit down and listen. And receive it that's not judging they're not condemning you to hell they're not saying you don't know the lord they're not casting you outside the relationship with the lord they're just bringing some of your attention that's what we're supposed to do for one another so the judgment here that these pharisees were doing they were looking at people around them and judging them but the problem is look at verse one there it says that you judge you who judge another Condemn yourself for you who judge practice the same things. That's the problem is that they're they're judging someone for stuff that God is saying you do the same stuff. You breaking rules and you know better. It's different. You know the rules and you are breaking them and you judging them. Right. So God says that's that's the problem there. Look at verse two. But we know that the judgment of God is according to truth against those who practice such things. We're going to see a few different times, four times, it it be exact when it talks about the actual judgment of God. Now, the reason why we're not qualified to judge is that we don't know everything. Anybody here ever made a misjudgment of some scenario, some person, it looked like this, but it ended up being like that? Okay, I've done that. And so all you need to do is recollect when you've misjudged, and that ought to tell you don't ever do it again. And there have been times where I misjudged and I didn't say something, and I was so glad. That I didn't say something. I was so glad that I that I thought it and didn't say it because later on it was like, oh, wow, I, I that looked like this to me. But it was not. It was something else. And so God says, look, we're not really qualified to judge. I can't see deep enough. I don't see far enough and I don't know deep enough. I'm not really qualified. But God is right. The Bible says in Hebrews 10 that God sees right through us. It says that that we give an account to him before whose eyes all things are naked and open um, to whom we must give an account for so for the, before the Lord God looks in this room and he knows us as we are y'all might put on y'all might show up here and, and put on real good I oh, bless you I will praise the Lord but God's like nah I, I saw I see what's happening in your heart I saw what was happening over there God's like I know you I'm qualified to judge you and so he says the judgment of God is different it's according to truth against those who practice such things so God's judgment, it's a righteous judgment. It's according to truth. Now, when it comes to God's judgment, because some people misunderstand God. Some people think God is up in the sky looking for an opportunity to judge people. Some people, they think the Lord is just up there saying "I like God wants to just stick it to the sinners. But do you all know that's not God's heart that he's done? I mean, if you look at all that he's done in the world, I mean, all that he accomplished, all that he did screams. I really would prefer not to judge you. I mean, I'm making a way out for you constantly. I mean, I came I left heaven. And came to earth and died in your place to give you an opportunity to escape the judgment. I don't want to judge you. I don't want you to suffer condemnation. I don't want you to be separated from me. God, do y'all know God loves you? And so his when he got said, when I judge, when someone ends up under the judgment of God, they have had to avoid, they have had to run from all of his opportunities to escape it. God's been pursuing people saying, be forgiven, be forgiven. They got preachers calling you. You got people in your family praying for you. You got people giving you tracks and grabbing you to church. And I mean, you have to run from the Lord to end up in a place where now you're going to be you're going to fall under the judgment of God. So that's God's heart. So when it says the judgment of God is it's according to truth against those who practice such things. God's judgment is it's fair. It's right. And it's appropriate. Once again, it differs from our judgment because most of us, uh, you know, this has been said many times that our sins look worse when somebody else is doing them. When I do my sins, they don't look that bad. I give myself a break. That's not that bad. You know, I used to be worse, you know. But when you do my sins, oh, man, I can't believe you did that. What's wrong with you? you know, I'm like, That's how we do one another. We real gracious on ourselves, real merciful for ourselves and then harsh on other people. So we don't want to be that way. Right. We got to be people that remember God's mercy on our lives. We remember his grace upon us that we can be conduits, that we can be people that God can flow through us. Anybody here that used to be out there, whatever you used to be into when you weren't saved. When I wasn't saved, I was in the alcohol. I was in the women. I was the all these different things. When I come across somebody today that's living that lifestyle, do I have a right to be harsh toward them? I got to look at them and say, man, I, I have to come to a place where I say, man, I remember when I was there. I was lost. I didn't know. the. I didn't know God. And there's got to be a part of my heart that's got compassion for them, that loves them, that understands they can be saved, that God can reach them. The worst thing a believer can do to a sinner is to come at them like they're a believer. And that's where it happens wrong a lot of times, where if I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. Jesus is Lord of my life. You have a right as a Christian to call me on things that are out of line in my life. But if I'm not a Christian, you can't put on me Christian rules, Christian behavior. You know, I, you know, especially if I've never said I was a Christian, anybody that's had that done to them. It's not pleasant. You know, when I remember when I was not a Christian and I had someone in my family, they were coming at me with Christian rules. You know, you shouldn't be drinking. Why? Why not? You know, like, like you shouldn't be sleeping with people. And I'm just, I am just—I remember just being so annoyed, like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, why not? What, why? Like, I, I've never committed my life to the world. Like Why are they coming at me so tough with this, you know? I can't do that to a non-black. I can't walk up to somebody who's not saved. And, you know, I go out to 7-Eleven and witness the people, and I'll be looking for people that I always go looking for people that are where I was. And so I'm looking for the, the guy coming out with beers and blunt wrappers. I know what he about to go do. That's who I want to talk to. I don't go up to him and say, you know what? You really shouldn't roll up that blunt, though. You know, you really shouldn't smoke that. You know, you really should throw that beer out, though. I, I'm looking and saying those are evidences that that maybe he don't know the Lord. Maybe he's in bondage like I used to be in bondage and he needs to, he, he needs to hear the gospel. Because what I remember when I wasn't saved is I don't remember very many Christians sharing the gospel with me. Christians were sharing rules with me and it was absolutely ineffective. It made me angry. The first time somebody finally shared the gospel, it worked. But I was 19. Think about that. I was 19 years old by the time somebody that knew me personally was sharing the gospel with me in a personal way, not telling me what I shouldn't do. And so we got to be careful that as believers, people that God has snatched out of whatever we used to be in, that when you get to deal with folks in the world, there should be a mercy about us. We have received a great gift. I didn't earn my salvation. I didn't go looking for God. God found me. I was lost. He sought me out. I mean, all that he did for me when I catch up with somebody that's where I was, man, it should just be gentle. It should be I should be reaching out and it should sound like good news. Man, I got some great news for you. We need to be able to give the gospel to those that that are in that place. So so we don't want to be in a predicament where we're judging, we're being harsh, we're, we're giving it to people. And when it is time, um, what about when I do need to say something to somebody else? There's a verse. It's a principle. You want to write down this verse, Uh, write down Matthew chapter seven, verses one through five. When I do need to speak to someone else, this is just a good habit, something to check out before you go say something to somebody else about their sin. Matthew seven, one through five, it says, judge not that you be not judged." That's the one everybody knows for with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye and do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye and look, a plank is in your own eye. Hypocrite. First remove the plank from your own eye. Then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. I want you to notice a few things there. Um, First off. The, the way it, I mean, now, Jesus is using a little bit of humor, but he's saying, I mean, I'm I'm going to confront you about a speck, And he's saying, I mean, you got a plank, You got a four by four. You know, I really don't look right with a four by four here coming to tell you about your speck. So God said, first, what you do is go take care of that four by four in your eye. You go deal with that first. One of the things I was pointing out, I noticed that I was going through this over the week is that the plank and the speck are made up of the same material. And it's usually when we see people doing what we do, it bothers us the most. But it says you take care of that plank in your own eye. But it doesn't say don't go to them. It just says before you do get that thing out your face, go deal with your own junk and then you'd be you will be helpful. you will be helpful for somebody else. That's a step that people miss a lot of times. Rather than get themselves together first, get their own life in order first with all their mess. Um, they, they're talking to you. That's ineffective. That's not how how God would have it to be. It's like having a drunk tell you not to drink, you know, they barely can get the word. You you shouldn't be drinking that. You know, you like you had eight of them. You know, how are you going to tell me? You know, so we don't want to be that. But it does give us the right way. If I am going to say something, take care of myself first. Plank out my own eye that I could clearly see the speck. Help my brother get that thing out of his eye. And this is the thing in that section. What's the bigger deal? The bigger thing is my sin, not yours. I always tell people when we come to the word, it's a mirror not a microscope, right? Primarily, when I go to the Bible, the Bible is speaking to me about me. God's correcting me. Um, James said the word's like a mirror that you hold up to your face and you see what's going on and you make the adjustments. It's not a microscope. I, I, the word was not given that I could come put you under it and inspect you. And God said, first, it's a mirror. But this is what happens over time. You get into the mirror of the word and God begin to transform you. You learn how to get a victory. God is showing you how to help. Now, you'll get to a point where you see somebody else That's where you were and you could go help them out. You know what? I used to be right there. I was I was I used to struggle with that same thing. I was in bondage to that very same thing. And I got convicted and the Lord dealt with me like this. And these were the verses that God was sharing with me. You'll be in a place to be able to go help somebody else, which is way better than judgment. Right. That's way better than than being a finger pointer, uh, being a put downer is to get to a place where God's word is transforming me and helping me. And now as I'm being helped, I'm taking this and saying, boom, let me help you. Let me pour this out. Let me share it with somebody else. And so back to back to Romans. Uh, So again, verse two. But we know that the judgment of God is according to truth against those who practice such things. And do you think this, oh, man, you who judge those practicing such things and doing the same, that you will escape the judgment of God? And so it's a request a rhetorical question. The answer is no. God said, look, if you're judging people about things that you're doing, God said you will not escape. My judgment. I'm coming. I'm coming after that. God does not like hypocrisy. It's the one of the things in the word that he hates. I encourage everybody just on your own to go read Matthew 23. I read through the whole thing uh, just in preparation just to hear the heart of Jesus. Because Jesus is we all know the side of Jesus is loving and merciful and gracious and kind. But read Matthew 23 and just look at um, what he says to the spiritually fraudulent. Um, Those that appear this way, but they're really that way. It's harsh. God said, that's not what I want for my people. And I I think this, you know, as a a Christian, it's kind of a a relief to not be, I don't want to be a judge. I don't want to be the one to have to judge. God said, "I, I got that. I'm the judge. You love people. I judge people. None of us have to take on the office or the position of judge. God's got that covered anybody's ever been in a position I know I have where you know it may be a group of kids that are doing something they're like can you be one of the judges no no I don't want to be because I got to say that one's better than that one I don't want to do that I hate being in that predicament you know I don't want to be the one to say your talent was better than their talent that's not really a, a position I'm looking for but it's interesting when it comes to spiritual things we'll look for that opportunity you know um, and this is kind of how it works the Pharisees When they can put other people down, it's how they build themselves up. It's how they get to be um, something more than what they are. And it was interesting with the Pharisees is they even did it to Jesus. They said, Jesus, you you're doing stuff on the Sabbath. You're not keeping the Sabbath the way we keep the Sabbath and didn't understand that Jesus made the Sabbath. He came. He said, "I, I got this. I made Sabbath. It's okay." But they had it all all spun out. And so. That's what religion will do. Anybody here that's ever been involved in a cult, any been involved in maybe a really hyper uh, religious group, you'll find that there's lots of extra rules, lots of extra things. And with each extra thing that they don't do, it kind of puts them up over those that do. And if you ever get to interact with someone that's in a group like that, it's just stuffy. It's not. A, it's not a blessing. I, I know people right now that's like, oh, you guys worship on Sunday, oh. Oh, man, you just. mm. And and that's just that we both believe the same thing. We believe you're Christians and everything else. But you guys got the wrong day. And it just puts them up just a little bit. Um, There are other groups. And and, um, I talked to somebody who in their particular group, they keep the Old Testament dietary laws for you guys that went through Exodus and Leviticus with us. I'm telling you that that's messed up. That's not a fun way to live. But they live. They today live under those restrictions and they feel really good about it. Catch you with a bacon burger. It's Oh, you going to eat that? Are you, you are you saved? Because in Leviticus, let me show you. I'm like, are you a Levite? You a priest? You, you part of Aaron's family? You're not. So have a burger. Have to pray over your food and give thanks and have your burger. But what it does with each thing, they just feel they, it puts them up a little bit. And we don't want to be doing that to one another. This is kind of how God works. God will bring you up. God will reach down and grab us, you guys, from the pit. And he'll clean you up and he'll fill you with his spirit and he'll show you things about himself. And God will just he'll build you up and pull you up. And then the idea from there, God's now reach down and you you reach down and start pulling other people up with you. That's what you see in scripture. When you look at those that that were touched by God, you look at the apostles Um, as they got moving forward. God had pulled them out from wherever they were when he found them. Fishermen, you name it. But as they got going with the Lord, they started pulling other people with them. You know, Paul came out of the gutter. Paul had a horrible testimony. Paul was responsible for killing Christians and for seeing people martyred. He had gone hard against the Lord, but he got saved. And you look at the rest of Paul's life and Paul is everywhere he went. He's ministering to churches, putting his life on the line. Paul's in prison, writing letters to encourage these brothers over here. He spent the rest of his life pulling people up sending encouragement sending correction where needed spent the rest of his life pulling other believers and bringing them up to a higher place for the christian that should really that should be the thing that fills our cup
0: do you ever start thinking about god's immense love for you and get lost in the amazement he loved us enough to send his son to die in our place But Paul, in his letter to the Romans, takes it even a step further when he says, But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God didn't look at humanity and think we were doing such a great job on our own. He looked at us and saw that we were broken sinners, lost in rebellion, and he loved us anyway. If you haven't yet made the decision to follow him, know that he is looking at you and loving you. He loves you just the way you are today. If you like to learn what it means to follow Him, you can call or text us at 310-245-4811. we love to walk you through the story of what God has done to offer you salvation. Once again, that phone number is 310-245-4811. You've been listening to Pastor Bill Buffington on A Transforming Word. Pastor Bill is working his way through the book of Romans in this series a book filled with wisdom and instructions for life. If you missed a message and want to go back, you can find all our messages on our website, calvaryenglewood.org. That's calvaryenglewood.org. Look under the media tab for links to YouTube and our mobile app. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. We look forward to connecting with you again. Meet us right here next time for another great message on a transforming word.